Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Let's release faith. Believe the Lord for light and answers. Thank you, Lord. Light and answers. Now, something with the Lord that I have learned and am learning. You have to be willing to hear things before he'll talk to you about it. There's scripture we could get into as the Lord would allow. But he knows your heart. And uh, there are some exceptions to that. But just as a general thing, if you're not willing to do it, you're not likely to hear much about it or to get much understanding of it or revelation of it. And um, a willing heart opens you up to seeing things. And sometimes people are frustrated because they're not seeing and hearing things, but it's not because God's not willing or they're waiting on him. It takes an adjustment in your heart. I believe he spoke this phrase to me years ago. You pick up his plan on the willing band. (laughs) You know, like an FM band or an AM band. How many of you trying to pick up an FM station, you're not going to get it on the AM band. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much you crank the volume up or beat on the radio, none of that's going to help you. You've got to get on the right band. And with God... You you begin to pick up things from him when your heart genuinely, truly gets willing. And he can talk to you. It's not limited to what a preacher might say or somebody else might say. It can come to your heart and mind right now, right here in this service, while we're talking about a different subject. (laughs) Because of the anointing, because of the spirit of the Lord. So let's release faith that folks will get answers right now. What do you think? And preparation and help for things that are coming into this new year and the coming year. Uh, We don't have time to waste, saints. Time's passing. Uh, We're getting older. Uh, We'll soon be out of here, even if it's another 50 years, 75 years. It's going to pass so quick. Do you believe that? Yes. Phyllis and I were talking about we've been 30 plus years in the ministry now. And uh, if we do that again, we'll be in our 80s. And... uh, you know, a lot of folks don't make it too much far beyond that. You can. But uh, anyway, we don't have time to waste, do we? So uh, let's release faith and just believe the Lord. Anything we need to be doing, let's get to doing it. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that we wouldn't know anything or what to do or how except for you. We're completely dependent on you. And we ask you for light. And for understanding, for revelation of the next parts of the plan. We ask for the moving and manifesting of your spirit in our hearts and our minds. Right here, right now. We ask you for it. We believe you for it. And by faith we say, your way is right. And we set our will to agree with you. And we choose to be willing to do what pleases you. Say it out loud, I choose. I choose. To be willing to do your will. Not my will, but your will be done in my life 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You believe his will for your life is a good plan? It's a good plan. It's not disaster. He said it's not destruction. It's a good plan. Good things to give you an expected end. In 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the fourth verse. We've been on this for some weeks now. I want us to continue talking about faith in the power. The Spirit of God, uh, through Paul, said, My speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Once you have tasted and have experienced some of the power of God, you're not satisfied with human smarts ever again. (laughs) You see people that have no experience in the power of God. And you can tell they're not completely satisfied. But if you never had it. You're not missing it. You know you're missing something. But you don't know what. And it seems like everybody else is in the same boat. So that's life. But once you've tasted. Of the real power of God. Hallelujah. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Man can't work it up. Men and women can't produce it. Hallelujah. God manifests his power. And that satisfies. That meets the need. That does what nothing else can do. How many of you would say I have faith. In the power of God. And you know, if your faith is in God and in his power instead of men and women and institutions of men and women and products of men and women, you won't be disappointed. I don't care how good the people are. If your confidence is in man, uh, sooner or later, you're going to be disappointed because people fail. People come short. And you, you, you see people get so bitter and they get so upset. So and so let me down. I was counting on them. I was counting on them to do this and to do that. Well, that's your fault. Amen. <laughs> you had all your eggs in their basket. Amen. You were counting on them to make it go. Your eyes were on a man. Amen. On a man's institution or a man's thing. That's why the governments of the world can never solve meeting the needs of those in need, those hungry, those homeless, those in dire straits. No amount of money. You couldn't take all the trillions produced by the corporations of the world and solve it. People think you can, but you can't. You can't because man cannot meet his own needs. It takes something bigger than man. And the reason why there's a whole group of people that'll never get this is because they refuse to submit themselves to God. 
They are not going to look to him and acknowledge him and depend on him. If you're not going to do that, the only other source you have is man. Oh, but what freedom and liberty it is. When you get your eyes off of men, off of women, off of institutions, off of governments of man, and you get your eyes on the creator of the heavens and the earth who can do anything. Come on, are you listening? And you trust him and you rely on him. Nobody ever trusted in him and was let down, disappointed, made ashamed. He is the faithful God who keeps covenant forever and ever and cannot lie and cannot fail. Come on, somebody say, my faith's in God. My My eyes are not on men men. to meet my needs. needs. Some people say, well, what about my wife? What about my husband? They're supposed to meet my needs. (laughs) Huh? What about this one? What about that one? They're supposed to take care of me. See, that's what happens when marriages that started off, what was that Johnny Cash song? We got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. <laughs> but then the flame went out. Is that, was that the rest of the verse? The flame went out. <laughs> Going to Jackson. <laughs> I grew up not too far from Jackson. That's why I know something about it. <laughs> but uh, the reason that is that way is because after the infatuation phase of the relationship and the new war off, it turned into gimme, gimme. And if one person says, I need this from you, you're supposed to be doing this from me, why don't you give me this? And turn the table and they go, well, I need this from you. You're not giving me this. Why aren't you giving me this? I need, I need. If this one's saying I need and this one's saying I need, nobody's giving anything. There's nothing to receive. There's nothing to happen but for this to dry up and die. And people can say, well, the thrill is gone. We just don't understand these things. You fall in love. You fall out of love. Yeah, and unless you learn a lesson, you can get married another dozen times and the same thing's going to happen the next dozen times. No. It's not a matter of I need you to meet my needs. You need to get your eyes off of everybody and on to God. Come on, are you listening? God's my source. He supplies all. Did you hear that? A-L-L. Now some things he'll minister to you through other people. But it came from him. And unless he gives it to them, they don't have it to give to you. And pulling on them is not going to help you. It's just going to frustrate them. And nobody likes being pulled on all the time. It makes them want to run away. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's getting too hot in the kitchen on some of these places. No, your spouse is not your source. Your brother or sister is not your source. The people in the church is not your source. The people where you work is not your source. Come on, are you listening? Not your source for spiritual needs, mental needs, emotional needs, financial needs. 
God is the unfailing supply. He's got everything you need. Do you believe it or not? I believe it. Amen. And he can, like I said, some things he'll minister to you through other people. Other things he can minister to you directly. If there's some things that should come to you through other people, but for whatever reason they don't want to give it to you or don't want to minister it to you, that's all right. He'll still take care of you. If you'll quit getting upset and bitter and blaming everybody else, if you'll get your eyes on him, he can touch you. Do you believe God can touch you? And satisfy the longing soul. And fill the hungry heart. And heal the hurting heart. And broken heart. He can do it. He can do it so quick. You'll dry your tears and wonder. Why did I ever feel like that? I've seen him do it. Hallelujah. Said out loud. My God. Meets all my needs. According to his riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. I am complete. I am complete. Wanting nothing. Lacking nothing. I am complete in Him. Hallelujah. Now, if you're really that way and you're in a relationship with somebody, then you're bringing something to the table. You have something to give, not just making demands and pulling. What do you think? That's not in my notes anywhere. But there we are. Somebody say it again. I have faith in the power of God. Turn with me, please, to the book of John, 15th chapter. John 15. In uh, John, the 15th chapter, let's, I believe we'll tie in with some things from uh, last time. If we don't, we don't. <laughs> you know, uh, when I first started speaking, ministering for several years, uh, for some reason I picked up this phrase. And, and uh, I'd begin to go off from what I had prepared. And I'd say, well, this is not my message. But, and I might spend half the time on it. This is not my message. But, and I don't know how many times I've said that over the years. Finally, one day I was speaking. And I said it again. I said, this is not my message. But, and the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean heard a voice, but inside me. He says, son, if I said that's your message, that's your message. <laughs> In other words, just because you prepared something, that don't mean too much. (laughs) John 15 and 4. Well, back up to verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Now, for a couple of weeks, actually last three or so that we dealt with this, We talked about drawing near to him and him responding and drawing near to us and being close to him. You remember that? We're talking about the power. Well, God is the source of the power. If you're interested in experiencing more of the power, then you want to draw closer to the source. If you get closer to the fireplace, you're going to feel more heat because that's the source. 
of the heat. And uh, who's the source of the life and the power? The life and the power is in the vine. I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Keep reading. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. That's cutting the dead stuff off. Pruning it that it may bring forth more fruit. It's a good thing. How many know you need to get the dead stuff out of your life? You do. Just taking up space and using up resources and producing nothing. We need to get rid of that. In fact, let's just stop right here and pray. Say it out loud. Father God, God, reveal to us. us. Open our eyes. eyes. Help us to see see. every dead, dead non-producing thing in our lives. And how to get it out, and how to change it, and become more fruitful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that his will? It's his word. Got to be his will. Then he heard us. And according to the scripture, if he heard us, what do we know? We have that petition, which means you can expect an answer to this prayer. He's going to show us. It'll come to us tonight, tomorrow. Things will come up and you'll realize, I don't need that. That's that hasn't produced anything in five years. Why keep it? Amen. I've been putting all this time and money into that. I need to quit that. I've been taking all this time doing this. Hadn't produced a thing. I need to quit that. Now you're clean, he said through the word that I've spoken to you. Keep going. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you Except you abide in me. Now we're talking about miracles. And manifestations of power. And healings and all kinds of fruit of God. But because we're talking about faith and the power. Talking about power. You can't have any power fruit. Fruit of power. On your own. Isolated from him. It's going to come. From the vine to us and through us. Keep going. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He says it again. He that abides in me. Now abide means to dwell in, live in, stay in. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can't produce miracles without him. You can't. You can't just do something and produce manifestations of power. It's not your power. It's his power. Now you'll hear a lot of folks, even some famous people talk about identifying my power inside and learning how to develop my power. No, honey. It's his power in you. You don't have the miracle working power apart from him. And what you do have is not enough. It's not. Without him. Without me. What Jesus say? Do you believe his words or not? You can fail. You can mess up. You can come short. But you can't produce fruit. 
There can't be manifestations of good and God apart from him. Now we touched on this earlier. Uh, Many in our circles, so-called faith people, have made the mistake of endeavoring to separate faith principles from living fellowship. And I'm going to believe for this. And I'm going to believe for that. And I'm going to command this. And I'm going to sow for that. And I'm going to get this. And actually we got into James some uh, last time where he cautioned people about boasting. I'm going to go here and do this. And I'm going to produce that. He said all such boasting is evil. And yet that sounds like faith to people. It is faith to talk like that after you've heard from him. (laughs) Is everybody with me? After you've heard from him and he directed you, say this, do this, go here. Believe me for this. That's when you put your faith in gear and you begin to say, we're going to do this and we're going to have this. Why? Because he told you. And that's when you will see manifestations of power. That's when you will see miracles. But to just decide something off of the top of your head and say, by faith, I'm believing for this to happen. That's where you see disappointments. And even disastrous situations where people do things and catastrophe results. And folks say, look at that faith stuff. That don't work. That wasn't faith. Tell me how faith comes. You got to hear something before you can have faith. If you're going to have faith in me, you got to hear something from me. If you're going to have faith in God, you got to hear something from God. You do. Which is why there is no shortcut, there's no substitute for living in him, abiding in the vine 24-7. That's the only way there's going to be real God fruit produced in your life. You didn't conjure it up. It came from the vine and it came to you and it came through you. Is it true? Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. Is that true or not? That's true. Without him, we can do nothing. Verse 7. If you abide in me. This starts out with a what? If. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask What you will. It doesn't start with you asking what you will. It starts with you abiding in him. And his words abiding in you. If you'll do that. You'll ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Everybody read that out loud. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Now, that's what he said to us. Let's say it for ourselves now. Say it out loud. If I abide in him, and his words abide in me, I'll ask what I will, and it will be done to me. 
Now see what folks have tried to do. Is ask what I will. But didn't do the first part. They're not fellowshipping with him. They're not communing with him. They're not putting his word first place. They're just deciding what I want. What I need. And I'm going to use faith principles to get there. Well. It'll work to a degree, but never fully. Never will you reach everything that you're supposed to reach and have what you're supposed to have. I mean, people don't even know God. Put faith principles to work. They believe they can develop a product. They believe they can sell it. They believe they can make money. They believe they can do this, and it will work to a degree. I said to a degree. But only so far. And it will never produce the God kind of fruit that lasts forever. Can't produce that. And it can't produce the things that satisfy the soul. And fulfill the longing heart. Only Those things only come from him. Only come from him. Look in John 14. You're there close by. John 14, the disciples are asking Jesus to show them the Father. And he said, have I been all this time with you and and you don't know me? And I'm sure they're thinking, well, yeah, we know you. We're asking about the Father. (laughs) And what did he go on to say? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. That doesn't mean he is the Father. Things are supposed to be that if you've seen us, you've seen Jesus. And that is our call, to be the light of the world. But it's not us producing it, it's him in us. And uh, so if you skip down to verse uh, 21, Jesus said, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Does that sound like power manifested? His presence. His anointing. His person. Are we talking about the power of God? Faith in the power of God. This is how it happens. You don't have to beg God to manifest his power in your life. That's not what he told us to do. Nowhere in the scriptures did the Lord say If you want to see my power, beg me. Beg me strong and beg me a long time. Mm -mm. Please show us your power. Please, no, he didn't say do that. Millions pray that way and say that, but that's not what he said do. That's actually easier and requires less of you than what he said. What did he say? Back about verse 21. Keep what I tell you. The word keep here means to remember it and to do it. Keep my sayings. Keep my commandments. Keep what I tell you. And if you do that, that's proof you love me. Not just talk. Actions. And he that loves me, my father's going to love him. Hallelujah. And I'm going to love him. And... He's going to experience some power. I'm going to manifest myself to him. 
Man, this is an answer. Do you know how many people is trying to figure out the secret to getting some power of God manifested? There's people all over the place. They're trying to break codes and do every kind of thing under the sun. Find the formula. Fast enough. Scream enough. Rebuke enough. Bind enough. But you got to watch about the Lord's already told you what to do. And you ignoring that and trying to make him do it some other way. Does he need to ignore what he said and conform to us our way? Certainly not. And that's not what's going to happen. Verse 22. Judas said to him, not Iscariot, a different Judas. Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? This is a big answer. See, the world is looking for outward demonstration of the reality of God. And by and large, they are not going to see it. But it doesn't mean God's not real and things are not happening all over the place. It just means they're not going to see it. By and large, the Lord's going to do things in such a way that you can doubt it if you want to. You can try to explain it, give it some natural explanation. Why? He's doing it on purpose. If he revealed himself any more than what he's doing, it would do away with faith. And so, people have a choice. They can believe or not. And so, he's asking, how are you going to do that? You're going to manifest yourself, your power, your presence to us, and yet the world around us is not going to see it? How are you going to do that? And basically, Jesus repeats himself. Verse 23, he said, if a man loves me, how's this going to work? He's going to remember what I told him. He's going to do what I told him. And if he does that, what's going to happen? My father's going to love him. He just got through saying, I'm going to love him. We're going to come to him. Reckon you'd know it if God came to you. We're going to come to him. See, this is all tied in together. Draw near to him. He's going to draw. How do you draw near to him? We talked about that. With your heart. Amen. With faith in him and willingness to do what he told you to do. And we'll come to him and make our abode with him. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's. Which sent me. We talked about this last time. How do you have a miracle? We looked at the turning of the water into wine. Is it difficult? See, people would uh, say, you know, that's supernatural. That's, I don't even know if I believe that. That's impossible. How would anybody know? Oh, it's as simple as can be. Anybody, we went over it. Anybody know? Three things. And one of them you don't even do. You remember that? Three things. What are they? Number one. You've got to hear from him. Which is where abiding in the vine. And his words abiding in you. Comes in. Drawing near to him. Hearing from him. What's number two? 
do what he said. What's number three? He does the work. He does the work. I know it's not real to a lot of folks, but you can have miracles in your life. Now, not all of them are going to be lightning flashing and the ground shaking. A number of things can happen in such a way that people around about you, unbelievers, they don't see it, don't even recognize it, but you know it wasn't and now it is. You weren't able to and now you are. You didn't have it and now you do. And people can scoff and they can mock and they can give it other terms and they can explain it away because they're not believers. They're unbelievers. They're unpersuadable. They will not see. They will not be aware. The Bible said the world receives him not. Cannot receive him. Can't receive him. Spirit of God. His manifestations are what we're talking about. The power of God. But we know him. Because he's with us. And he's in us. Hallelujah. And if we love the Lord. Enough to keep what he tells us. And do what he tells us. He's going to come to us. And manifest himself in our lives. Manifestations. Of the power of God. Somebody say I believe it. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Just lift your hands and thank him for a moment. Lord thank you. Thank you for doing this. In our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians and the 13th chapter. 2 Corinthians 13. I believe we could use some adjustments tonight. You willing to take an adjustment? If it's the Lord, you should be, right? 2 Corinthians 13. And of course, why, what, what, what would this adjustment lead to? More manifestations of the power of God. 2 Corinthians and 13 and 5. Says, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Examine yourself. Prove. Young's literal says it like this. Your own selves try ye. If you are in the faith. Your own selves prove ye. Let me read some other scriptures that go along with this. Just to reinforce this idea. 1 John 4.1 says. Beloved believe not every spirit. But try the spirits. Whether they are of God. Try the spirits. That means test them. Test them. A lot of folks are too quick to believe. (laughs) I'm pausing for effect. And I, I don't think I heard you right, preacher. You said too quick to believe. Many serious mistakes have been made because folks are in too big of a hurry to trust. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do as a Christian? You're supposed to trust God. And before you can do that, what do you have to determine? Is this God? That's where the trying comes in and the testing 
and the proving. <laughs> Romans 12, 2, let me give you some more scripture. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may what? Prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? We need mind renewal. We need to learn more how God thinks. So that we can, by his word and by his spirit, when things come up, check this. Is it God? Just because somebody quotes a scripture doesn't mean you're supposed to swallow everything they're saying hook, line, and sinker. Come on. Just because somebody says, I'm a Christian brother or sister, and has a fish sign on their car, <laughs> does not mean you're just supposed to turn a blind eye to any kind of common sense or any hearing from God. Well, they're a Christian. How do you know? Because they told you they were. <laughs> Uh-oh, did I lose somebody? <laughs> There's been this matter of confusion. Why am I talking about this? Because of so many mistakes are being made. And people are calling themselves going into faith and believing for the power of God to be manifested in this situation or that situation. So they're trusting, trusting, believing, believing. And the truth is they moved too quick trying to believe for this. They didn't prove it first. They didn't check it out. Too quick to believe the first thing they heard. Too quick to believe what somebody else said we should do or believe. I've seen people just so mad and so bitter and upset. I, I, I followed so and so and did what they said and it messed up my life. Well, that's your fault. That's right. Amen. Why'd you have to follow? Why'd you have, why couldn't you pray for yourself? Why couldn't you hear from God for yourself? Instead of just blindly doing what they told you to do. You got no right being bitter at them. <laughs> Didn't expect this, did we, tonight? Is it scripture or not? There's a lot of folks bitter and mad and upset and holding grudges against people. But the truth is, if they had prayed and been led, they wouldn't have got mixed up in that situation with them to begin with. Amen. And if they hadn't done that, they would be dealing with none of this aftermath. So whose fault is it? You have the Holy Spirit. You have a Bible. You can pray. You can hear from God. I said you can hear from God. You, somebody say, I, I can hear from God, hear from God for myself. How many understand that's one of the most important things you could ever know or hear or believe? I can hear from God for myself. It's so important. I believe God's going to give us light and revelation, and we may camp on it for months until we get further along this than we ever have before. How many is interested in knowing how to hear from God better than you ever have before? Then start believing with me now, because I think I'm already on it. How do you have a miracle? Number one, <laughs> hear from him. Number two is just do what you heard from him. 
Don't know what to do till you hear from him. Nothing to do till you hear from him. Nothing is going to work. So it really comes back to faith comes by hearing. Faith's the victory that overcomes the world. Hearing from him. This is a major deficiency and problem in the church, in the body of Christ. Millions of people do not believe or they're not confident in their ability to hear from God for themselves. In fact, in a lot of groups, they're being told from the pulpit, we will tell you what God's will is for you. You can't figure this out. This is too hard for you, too complicated for you. You can't understand the Bible. We're the ones that have the answers. But it's not right. I said that's not right. And that's not true. And other folks are telling people. You're so carnal. You're so dumb. I'm the spiritual one in this family. In this relationship. And I can tell you what the will of God is. (laughs) And various examples and variations of that thing. But I want you to say it again. The Holy Spirit. Spirit, The greater one. Is in me. I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. And I can hear from God about my life for myself. I can hear from Him. I'm His sheep. I know His voice. I can hear from Him for myself. Hallelujah. That one thing right there is the beginning of of a revolution in your life. You get that. It will totally change your life. These past 30 some years of ministry. That Phyllis and I have been involved. You know what it, where it began? It began as young people. Seeking and praying God. And getting to the place where they believed. They could hear from him. And we believe we heard from the Lord, go do this, go move here, go do this. And one thing led to another, led to another. Come on, can you see this? Led to another, led to another. He helped us find and get on his path and continue to follow it. It all began and is continued through hearing from him, hearing from him. Now you can't, you never get to the point where you say, well, I got it now and I'll just walk out what we've written down. No, you got to abide in the vine. You got to check in with him every day, every afternoon, every evening. You got to live in him, stay in him, talk to him, ask him. Are you born again? Then you are alive to God. The spirit of God dwells in you. You can hear from him. You can get from him what you need. And in doing that, you're enabled to try things. And prove things instead of blindly trusting something else to tell you what's the will of God. And what's the plan of God. You know, I've had people get upset with me. And say, well, you know, we want you to do this. In this church or in this ministry, we want you to do this. More than once I've had to tell them. I don't do what I want to do. Why should I do what you want to do? Come on, And one of these days soon, I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account of how I led this and what I did. And you know what ain't going to fly? Me saying, they told me what to do. (laughs) And I did it. I'm sorry, but I was listening. What's he going to say? What would he tell me? Did they call you? 
Did they call you? Are they your Lord? Are they your king? You better listen to me. Who's your king? Who's your Lord? Who's your master? Can you get it from him? Can you, can you get? I mean, certainly it's your life. Who's going to know more about your life than you? He said that you may prove what's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First Thessalonians 5.21. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 said, prove all things and then hold fast that which is good. Just because somebody prophesies to you does not mean you're supposed to accept it or believe it, much less do it. What are you supposed to do? Prove it. Check it. Test it. Everything that you hear preached and taught, including what I'm preaching right now, you're not supposed to just swallow it and not check anything. You're supposed to check it against the Word. You're supposed to check it against the witness that you have inside you. You're supposed to check it. Check it. Somebody say, check it. Check it. Some of the biggest mistakes that people have made is they just blindly and gullibly believed what somebody told them and hooked up to that and went and did it. And one of the reasons is because they lacked confidence that they could hear from God or just too lazy to seek God and pray and hear for themselves. Exactly. Or they want somebody to blame if it don't turn out well. Amen. Right. Come on. Don't want to take any responsibility. Just blame you. Uh-huh. You told me what to do and you messed me up. <laughs> but that ain't going to fly with God. That's right. I guarantee you, when you stand before the Lord to give an account of your life, ain't nobody going to be up there with you but you. That's right. That's right. If you point your finger, ain't going to be nobody there to point to. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, but they, and they, it ain't going to do any good to bring them up. Come on, somebody said out loud again, I can hear from him. And what are you supposed to test and try and prove? All things. All things. All things. You know, the Bible says this is supposed to be true concerning people that help in the church. 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3 and 8. The deacons are supposed to be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Now, deacons... We're not originally designated to run a church. Their original designation in Acts was waiting on tables. My how things have changed. But it's basically somebody that's helping. A minister in whatever capacity. Ministering just means serving, helping. And he goes on to say, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And verse 10, do what? Let them first be what? Proved. You, you see sometimes people that are famous get saved and next thing you know people put them in top positions of leadership or in ministry. Big mistake. You see people come into church. Nobody knows them but maybe they have a little money. And people begin to put them in positions of influence. Big mistake. Big mistake. What did the Bible say? Let them first be proved. What does that mean? 
Now here's the big thing. It's going to take some time to do that. Folks are in too big of a rush. There's going to take some time to do that. And check. Now you're not against people. You're not looking for faults. But you don't trust when there's no reason to trust. That's right. Come on. So there's this confusion. People think because I'm supposed to love, that means I'm supposed to trust. No, friend, love is not trust. They're two different things. First you try, then you trust. Did I make this up or am I looking at scriptures? When are we supposed to trust these individuals for deacons? After they've been tried. That's going to take some time. What does that mean? You watch them. You see what they do. You see what they do with this. You see how they respond to that. Let them first be proved. Let them first demonstrate. In in our microwave drive-through Instagram world, (laughs) nobody has the patience for this, they think. And people get impatient. And and so many times leadership, including pastors, are in fear. If we don't do something with them, they may leave. Well, if you're doing it based off of fear, that ain't the spirit leading you. That's fear leading you. And you know who's leading you if fear's leading you? The destroyer. And you know where he's leading you? To some destruction. (laughs) Your fears will come on you. And it won't be good. And they'll probably still leave after the train wreck. Come on. <laughs> I had a fellow tell me one time he had some famous people in his church, some celebrities. I mean, very well known. And uh, he looked at me and kind of winked. Like somebody asked about it. He said, those people are more trouble than any 500 other folks in the church put together. <laughs> well, it's your fault if you treat them with favor. The scripture said you're not supposed to. You don't say, sit over here in the good place, and this person that's unknown and don't have money, sit on the floor. Did he say not do that? Why? They may be a big shot in the world, but that don't make them anything in the church. Don't make them anything in God. Let them, somebody say, let them first be proved. Let them first be proved. Let's see over a period of days and weeks and months and even years. And that's what separates things, isn't it? A lot of folks can put on a show for a little while, maintain a facade in the front for a time. But as the days go by and the weeks go by, it's hard to cover what's really there. And that's why we're supposed to have churches. That's one of the reasons we're supposed to have churches. The Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? You're supposed to be with the group long enough for them to get to know you. That's right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Huh? Amen. <laughs> A lot of folks don't want that. They don't want that. That's why they just keep hopping around from place to place to place. I know in Brother Hagin's ministry years ago, we were counseling. I was one of the counselors there many years ago. And uh, Brother Hagen kept sensing something was wrong. It was the, we called it the Healing and Counseling Center. 
And uh, he kept sensing something was wrong. And every Wednesday night when we prayed, he'd come back up to him. He'd start praying about it again. Something he couldn't quite put his finger on. And uh, finally, after weeks and months, the Lord showed him. He said, I never told you to have a counseling center. I said, prayer and healing. (laughs) And it had turned in to something the Lord didn't say do. And he said, the Lord told him this. He said, sheep should be counseled in their own sheepfold. And if they don't have one, that's a big part of their problem. What does that mean? I knew when the Spirit of God said it through him, I mean, I knew exactly what he's talking about because just a few days before, some folks had driven from three hours away that we'd never seen before and came in there and wanted counseling. Well, I don't know. Never seen them before. But the Spirit of God revealed to me while they were talking. I just only got this by revelation. I didn't get any other way. He revealed to me they're not telling me half the story. And they want me, based on this little piece they're telling me, to agree with them and confirm what they're saying and doing. And they're going to go back to their pastors and their people and tell them that Brother Hagin's folks said they were right. And see, that wouldn't fly in their own church because they know them. Come on, can you see this? They know them. And it wouldn't go. But that's why they don't want to do it. Then That's why people keep leaving. They keep unhooking. They keep jumping. Going from here to here to here. No. Sheep should have their own sheepfold. Right? And stay in a place long enough. For people to get to know you. And have some submission and respect for the things of God. That if you do need help and direction. You're willing to receive it. Hmm? And the great thing about where God joins you, if God joins you to other people, joins you to this group, to this family, to these ministers and what have you, if it's God joined, you're going to find one of the most amazing things. They will still love you after they know you. And that's the grace of God. And you will still love them. Yeah. After you get to know them. Now that, that doesn't mean everybody's going to be perfect. And do everything perfect. They got flesh. Just like you. And if you're looking for the perfect church. Where nobody ever acts fleshy. And ever makes a mistake. How many of the answer to that? You ain't going to find If you did find it. When you joined it. You'd mess it up. Right? No, no. No, they're made up of people like you. But the good thing, when it's God joined, oh friend, don't jump out. Stay where you're joined. Hallelujah. And let God bless you there. And let him prosper you in your God-ordained place. Can you say amen? Amen. Try it, he said. Prove it. Test it. Check it. Don't just blindly let other people tell you this is God and that's God let the uh, peace of God. In fact, go to Colossians. I'm trying to quote it right now. But let the peace of God rule in your heart. And let it decide 
Not some man, not some woman. No matter how much you love them, how spiritual they may be, they're no substitute for the Holy Spirit. Colossians, the third chapter, the 15th verse, and let's look at it in the King James, then in the Amplified. He said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now that's, that's you and God, and that's internal, isn't it? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That's internal. That's not external. Oh, what security it is when you learn how to be internally led. Don't be led by stuff out here. People say, what about putting out uh, fleeces? Don't. You say, well, Gideon did. Gideon wasn't even born again. You couldn't tell him, Brother Gideon, be led by the Spirit. It wasn't an option to him. It wasn't available to him. No. So he's led, if this is you, let the dew be on the ground. Let this be dry. If this is you, let this be dry. Don't do that. Don't pray that way. Don't Don't try to operate that way because that's trying to be led by external things out here. And the enemy can influence things out here. He's the God of this world. I've heard people say things like that. You know, Lord, if this is really you, then let four red cars pass by my house. One after another. Don't pray that way. Somebody said, well, I did. And and God did it. He has mercy on babies. That don't know any better. But you keep doing that, you're going to wind up being misled. Because you're being led externally when you have the, that's part of the, why our covenant's better than theirs. Amen. Right? Under the old covenant, you couldn't tell them be led by the Spirit inside because he wasn't. They had to go to the prophet or to the king or somebody that the Spirit of God was upon right. and inquire of the Lord. Amen. But Jesus himself said, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Oh, you didn't hear that. What did he say? Jesus said, in that day, You won't have to come pray to the Father through me and ask me to pray. You'll pray in my name, but you can come straight to the Father and he will hear you. Come on, can you see this? That's why it's wrong to pray to saints. Amen. Try to get them to be your intermediary. There's just one God. And one man, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And he said, you can go to the Father for yourself. That's what he said. Glory to God. Now you do come in his name. You have no standing except by what Jesus did for us and gave us. And yet you and I can come boldly. To the throne of grace. What he's saying. Jesus said you don't even have to come to me. And say Jesus would you please go to the father. And ask him for. He said no. You can ask the father. That's one of the big reasons. Why our covenant is far better. Than the old covenant. And how foolish of us. To ignore that. And go back. To putting out fleeces and asking other people what to do. When we can be led for ourselves. And because he's in us, 
His peace is in us. And the witness of the Spirit is in peace. Let that peace rule in your hearts. Listen to the Amplified on this. Let the peace from Christ rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts and deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. You have inside you the umpire. (laughs) Are you safe? Or is it out? How can you tell? Do I do it or do I don't do it? Is it right or is it not right? You don't look outside. Because the ump is on the inside. And he lets you know by this peace that passes understanding. This peace that you can't find anywhere else. Amen. You think about doing it and you just can't get settled. You can't get settled. The more you think about it, the more it bothers you for some. You don't know why it bothers you, but you just can't get settled. That's the thing you don't do. No matter how logical and reasonable it seems, don't override something bothering you about it. Don't override. Don't let somebody else come and say, oh, come on. Why are you doing that for? Just forget about it. It's going to be all right. Come on. Don't let somebody cause you to override what you have in your heart. Amen. Amen. Don't do it. When it's right, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. And the more you pray about it, and the more you check your heart, you just have what one fellow called that smooth, velvety feeling. (laughs) We're not talking about a physical feeling, but we're talking about a witness that it's good, that it's right. And the more you look at it, we need to learn to pay attention to that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's the thing when you follow it and you do it and you act on it. That's when God manifests himself. Not just anything you decided to do, but the thing that he directed you to do. Can you say amen? Amen. He leads. He speaks. He guides. He directs. We have an unction of the Holy One. And we know all things that we need to know. We are born again. We are alive unto God. His spirit dwells in us. We are his sheep. And we know his voice. And a stranger's voice we will not follow. He orders my steps. He directs my paths. He causes me to know the way wherein I should walk. My steps are ordered of him. Can you say hallelujah? My steps are ordered of him. He's speaking, and I'm listening. He's leading, and I'm following. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo. Hallelujah. How many know when you do that, that's when he said, I'm going to manifest myself to you. I'm going to demonstrate my power to you. I'm going to do things in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody say, glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thanks be. Thanks be to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Give the Lord thanks and praise. Oh, Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We give you glory. 
we give you praise. We give you thanks. Let's thank him that we can hear from him for ourselves. Let's thank him that we don't have to go to somebody else and ask him, what's the Lord saying for my life? We don't have to go to other people and say, tell me what to do. We can hear from you for ourselves, Lord. Oh, just lift your hands. Come on, just don't be in too big of a hurry. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Thank him personally. Thank the Lord. Tell him that you're thankful. Lord, I'm so thankful that I can hear from you. I'm so thankful that you show me what to do. I'm so thankful that you are leading and guiding me. I'm so thankful that I don't have to look on the outside. I don't have to rely on somebody's opinion. Thank you. Thank you for the witness. Thank you for the unction. Thank you for the knowing. Thank you for the greater one inside. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.